This episode has been sponsored by Erica Acosta from Modern Images, located in Harlingen, Texas, at 2305 East Harrison. Erica is a color specialist and Brazilian blowout certified. If you would like to set up an appointment, give her a call at 956-241-1973. Now back to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Music and Beyond. I'm Ernie Crazy Eyes from Primitive Minds, Recall Productions. Thank you to our sponsor for today's show. Uh, give her a call and she'll hook you up. Also, uh, I want to give a huge thank you to my friend Jimbo Jones. Uh, he's listened to all my interviews on Spotify. And thank you, Jim. Uh, I hope you guys check out Music and Beyond on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as YouTube as well. So uh, today I have a special guest. I never really ever thought I was ever going to have this guy on here or anybody from from that band specifically because, you know, they're so big. <laughs> but uh, I have Julian Jorgensen from Ref Theory. How's it going, man? Brother, it's going well, man. How you been? I've been good, man. I've been honestly listening to you guys uh since i've heard you guys in uh in uh blue mountain state oh nice nice when hell yeah i came on i was like holy crap this band sounds amazing and then you guys did the voices for randy orton and then and there i just knew i had to talk to you guys one day (laughs) so nice you know it's a it's a it's a huge it's a huge honor to have you have you on here yeah, brother, you too, man. Well, I appreciate what you're doing for music. So it's, uh, it's good to be connected with people that are passionate. And I've seen the podcast world and this whole space of being able to create your own, um, you know, your own vehicle to help the industry or at least be passionate about the stuff that you're, you know, be a part of stuff that you're passionate about. And, and um, you know, to see more and more of it. I mean, I do, I do Facebook live and I walk around, I do my own form of a podcast. So I've been experimenting with a number of different ways to try to connect with our community and and music fans as well. And I think that there's kind of no rules right now. So um, love to see what you're doing, man. I love that green screen, bro. A little music and beyond. I need to get it. I need to get something. I got nothing back here. It's just Bush, Bush Lee. Uh There, there was actually a, there's actually a way I could probably show you after the interview, but okay. there's, a, there, there's a way that you can actually add a, like any picture that you want on the background. So, uh, okay, cool. yeah, I was, I was actually before pandemic, uh, me and my friend were working together and we we're going to, you know, create a green screen for each interview and then that stopped. Nice. So zoom became so popular and I was like, you know what? Like, this is just an opportunity for me to show off my beautiful background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually have you on Facebook Live. So let's just show, let's show the fans what's going on. Oh, snap. Yeah, so you're you're live with our community right now. I do everything live, bro. So, you know what I mean? We got to do it live, bro. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And thank you for for that uh, uh, promotion, free promo. Yeah. Uh, by the way, to all the fans, this will be dropping Wednesday, tomorrow, Wednesday, okay. October 14th, so, nice. just so just so they know. And, uh, you know, who who inspired you to 
to, you know, pick up your instrument and, uh, you know, or who, who inspired you to, to just, you know, join music in, in general? Yeah, I, um, uh, I started out by probably listening to the doors. My dad listened to the doors all the time. And, you know, when I was really young, I think I remember him playing, you know, break on through and the end, and this is the end, you know, just on repeat. And then, uh, you know, I ended up buying a Kiss record when I was really young. I think I got Destroyer. I got something like with tattoos, like fake tattoos in it. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And then my stepsister introduced me to ACDC, Molly Crew, Metallica, and um, all in the same time, my parents got divorced. And so so I got a stepsister at like 11 or something. And she just was like, you're not listening to any of this Millie Vanilli anymore. She just threw out everything, the garbage that I had. And she was just like, this is cool music. And I was like, fuck, you're right, that is. And then I ended up going to my first concert uh, at age 12 at an ACDC concert. And it was um, the Mike Fox tour, I think 86 or something like that. And, you know, Angus came out like, literally with the horns like up with one hand and like just playing thunderstruck with the other hand from like the floor you know what i mean it was like the sickest concert you could ever imagine for you know your first concert and uh he was playing sg uh robbie krieger was playing an sg and then i ended up being a huge fan of soundgarden and kim tail played an sg so my first guitar was an sg and um yeah, man, I think that was kind of like the first introduction into rock and metal and and uh, and music in general. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Uh, you know, those those are those are also amazing bands too. And you know, uh, like when I listen to the instruments and stuff, I, I yeah. could now I could now I, I'm thinking in my head like all the songs that I like from you guys, which is pretty much all of them. And I can hear a little bit of every band that you just told me. Nice. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, we have a lot of uh, indirect and direct influences from our parents. And I think that's one of the coolest things about um, music and sound is it's just around us. We can't see it, but I think it does sort of move us and drive us and you know, our parents pass that down and sometimes we rebel against it and sometimes we embrace it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's sort of part of our DNA and that's, uh, it's something you have to kind of be cognizant of in your older years. I think you have to kind of figure out a way to honor that. Um, and, you know, be respectful of the giants that came before us, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you guys have been out, of. Uh um like you guys haven't released anything since 2016 i believe that's right and uh i'm not sure when was the last riff theory concert but uh yeah. you know when when was the when was the point of time that you and matt thought about and just said hey man we need to continue we need to continue this i mean we wrote this song that we released now um you know, 2013, we were learning how to record our own music. So that was the first time we produced and wrote anything ourselves. And we, you know, we'd made that and that's what you hear. So that was, before that it was, we had to go to the studio and we had to pay a lot of money 
yeah. to something that was, you know, professional recording. And so 2013, we kind of learned how to do it ourselves. And we were rebelling against our own outfit. You know, there was a lot of problems with being dropped from Interscope Records that, you know, if any business kind of starts to fail, you have to start to kind of look at it. And you have to look at you have, first of all, you have to look at it as a business, which sucks to say, but it is true. And yeah. we are, but when you look at your business failing and you get dropped from a major label, like the pain of that was so severe that we ended up just writing a lot. And we wrote Blow It Up, we wrote Red Light Queen, we wrote all of the revelation after that. And Maddie and me kind of did that, a lot of the heavy lifting on our own. And then we wrote Remember Me. I and mean, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, I think it's it's very sort of, you know, it captures the anger that we were feeling at that time. And at that time, we kind of wanted to make a change. I mean, we wanted Maddie to sing. And because he was singing and he was, he wanted to make it a career. And Rich was pulling away from us from the full-time commitment and had gotten married. And we weren't a family like we were five, six years before. So, you know, we ended up, you know, muscling through another EP and, you know, going for a couple cash grabs from a label. And then the revelation was basically the final straw because Rich had promised a tour for the label. And once that deal went through and we got our advances, you know, and Rich sang on the record, he reneged on our touring commitments, which ended up leaving us with holding the bag of you know a whole new record that we couldn't really support because it didn't have maddie on it he didn't want to go sing rich's parts because publicly that's kind of how it was and we were pissed you know i was pissed and i literally just walked away from rev theory and i was like i am not doing this band anymore it's just like because you know i don't want to fire my friend and maybe that's partly on us and partly on me and I don't even know if I want to make this type of music anymore. So I went down the whole rabbit hole of psychedelics and I experimented with other types of music and projects. And I know Maddie did as well. And recently we kind of became aware that we still had this heartbeat growing around the world because of all of the Spotify's and the Blue Mountain State fans and Randy Orton. And we were sitting on almost a whole record of material that we just kind of were fed up with rev theory. We're like, we're not doing this anymore. So we literally were like, let's, let's put out some music and see what happens. And here we are, you know, so that music is, you know, from over the last five, six years. And, you know, we're still, we're still excited to get to the point, me personally, where we can actually start writing about what's going on today. And, you know, I've already been doing that. I know Maddie has, and, you know, so that's kind of the state of affairs in a, in a bit of a long, convoluted way. But I feel like it probably touches upon every aspect of what happened and why, you know, we haven't put anything out. And I hope it sheds some light on our story in a very transparent way. Yeah. And uh, when, when I heard when I heard the song, Remember Me, because when when I was able to, you know, uh, when I was told that yes, I can talk to you, and uh, I, I listened to "Remember Me" for about maybe an hour or two, just nice. 
and I'm because I, I I'm a huge lyric I'm a huge lyricist. Nice. And, and I was trying to get every I was trying to get every inch of every word, and I just couldn't I couldn't break down the song. Remember me is probably one of the hardest songs I ever had to you know kind of like figure out what that song is about you guys did a really good job writing that thanks brother well i do think now it has a couple different uh you know meanings or at least like you could take it a couple different ways i think when we wrote it originally we um you know it was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh nod to the revelation to revelation theory because we are known as revelation theory and you know Beknownst to a lot of people, we have a record um, called Truth is Currency that we released that ended up getting us all of the, those opportunities that you hear us from Hell Yeah and everything. People, Some people don't know that we actually are called Revelation Theory and we've had a career before all yeah. of that stuff. So, you know, that was a bit of a nod to who we were. You know, we are the Revelation. We are Revelation Theory. Um, we also kind of did a little bit of a hey, hey joke in Hell Yeah, because Hell Yeah branded us as the Hell Yeah band. And at that time, we just literally, we felt like it made us stink like the rest of the sort of cock rock, butt rock oh, sort yeah. of yeah. movement got excoriated um, from, you know, the Hinder, Buck Cherry kind of time that we loved. We were a part of it. We We had fun. We embraced it. But it also left us with a residue that was kind of past the due date. And, you know, we weren't really those guys, you know, we, we did, we partied, we were, you know, we lived it up, we lit it up, but we also wanted to fucking make super heavy, cool fucking grooves and tones. And we were inspired also by the bands like Deftones and Stained and, you know, uh, Seven Dust and Corn and Biscuit and like, you know, that's kind of, and you know, Alice in Chains and some of them and the grunge era stuff, like we, that's kind of what we were. And we became a bit of a hell yeah, like, which was cool, but it was like kind of hokey. And it was a Blue Mountain State comedy show theme song. And like, yeah, it opened us up to a lot of people, but a lot of people didn't really take us seriously in the metal community anymore. And we felt like that lyric specifically like where we kind of do a chant like in rev like in hell yeah where we're like hey you know that part for us was a bit of like a you know word more than just hell yeah and i think you know we hope that if people dig into the lyrics that, that they can see there's a few layers to it well see and um i see that with uh with hell yeah and with voices because uh in hell yeah it's more upbeat but with the song voices it's kind of dark and scary. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, voices, the thing about voices is just to enlighten everybody, like we didn't write that song. We didn't yeah. produce that song. We didn't play that song. Like we actually didn't have anything to do with that song. You guys um, recorded it. No, no. We actually, Rich just featured on a song for the WWE. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, you know, and honestly, like, like for some reason it resonated because i think the lyrics are like you said they're really dark i think that it captured something in culture that both fans could relate to and just anybody listening to the song kind of could relate to those type of 
you know, double dialogue, schizophrenic kind of concept of this is kind of how we all live every day, right? We're struggling with these, these kind of inner thoughts. And I think that, that that is why it's a timeless song, but you know, the production of it and the sound of it is just so terrible that we literally, every time, you know, we post something and someone just put, puts up voices, like, you know, you post something you're like, Hey guys, check this new thing out. They're like voices. And you're just like, Oh my God, guys, like I respect the fuck out of voices as far as like, thank you for coming to the party. But you know what I mean? Like, if you think it sounds good, take a listen to some of our other shit because it fucking crushes voices. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I hope people can see through that and also understand that, that that really isn't the soul of the band. You know, it's, it was the soul of Randy Orton's theme song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, one of my favorite riff theory songs is broken bones. Oh, thanks brother. Thank it, you. It, it's just so beautiful. And, uh, I listen to that song at least once or twice or three times a day. Awesome. And it's insane. <laughs> and uh, is anybody from Ref Theory joining you guys? Uh, this is Ref. This is me. It's Maddie and me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just you two for now? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh, is there yeah. anybody that you have in mind to join your band? Uh, not really, to be honest, like we just went through a divorce where we were with our family members, guys that we loved. And it was that difficult. Like, I don't know if you've been through a breakup, oh, but yeah. right. I mean, it's fucking painful. So to like, think about another shiny car. I mean, we brought in Ricky Licks and that was like a fucking Ferrari with a broken transmission. You know what I mean? The guy was so riddled with problems that like, and I love him to death, but he's just a, he was a mess. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, we, we worked with Paul Phillips who again, incredible guy, like sweetheart of a guy, but like under the hood, he had a lot of issues and he's not, and I'm not saying I don't, right. I have my own issues. We all do. But when you enter into a partnership with somebody like, you know what I mean? Like to predict where that's going to go. Like we're so hurt from what we went through that Maddie and me know that we can create the music that everybody listens to. And that's all we need to know. Right. So like what we're trying to do is surround ourselves with collaborative partners, like there our buddy V from violent idols, um, our buddy Clayton Ryan, um, my buddy Julian Baptiste, um, you know what I mean? Our buddy Mowgli, who directed our video, like we're just trying to create like a camp and a community of collaborators, but like we don't want to like bring someone into the band. I don't think we ever want to do it. I mean, I'm not going to say ever again, but like we're not looking to go buy a new car right now, you know what I mean? After like the last few just crapped out on us, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like the last thing we kind of want to do. We'd rather be fully self-sustainable and just continue what we want to do you know what i mean the way we want to do it that's awesome man and i'm honestly i'm honestly super excited to to see you guys tour when this whole thing pandemic thing is over because nice. i'm a huge draft theory fan and uh those three songs that i've heard from you guys that were released this year amazing yeah even though they're so different from each other yeah yeah no doubt well we because we had a couple side projects so we're going to experiment with you know 
introducing those to our community and we're going to kind of create um, features of things that we did that were like not quite rev theory hard hitting kind of what people would expect so you know i think you'll see more of that kind of collaboration and featuring of of side projects and and other styles and stuff that we're into um you know obviously we're going to have our core of hard rock and metal but we're also going to expand out into you know other territories as well that that can kind of give us the opportunity to spread our wings and create some more flavors is there is there any uh, date settled for maybe a possibly a new album or a new single or an EP? Yeah, so right now we're just doing like single by single and uh, we're working towards a record. So that'll probably, it, it's funny because it's like, it's been, it's been a hard, it's a hard way to navigate the industry when you want to just go. Like, I just want to go. I want to put stuff out. Like, I've been so frustrated with having to be patient. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And something about, like, fuck, we all read something today. And guess what? Like, I want to write about it. Like, whether that's in a blog or whether that's in a song or, like, we all witnessed it. Jeff Jeffrey Epstein got fucking murdered. And we're all like, oh, fucking shit. And everyone does that at the same time, just like you're at a fucking horror movie, you know what I mean? With a bunch of brothers and they're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? And you're just like, that's how the world reacts to information. And the thing is, is if you can't do that in real time, captured and then spat back out how you feel about it within like a week, you know, it's just kind of pointless. Yeah. Like, so the, right, so the fact that we gotta wait to do release and then six months later another release two months later set up like it's just it's excruciating for the artist the artist that the system works like this and we're trying to change it you know what i mean so i'd like to make a a song every month and i'd like to put a record out at the end of that year and then i'd like to you can promote the shit out of that record the next year but then i'd like to put out a song every other month for the next year so that you're always kind of you know pushing new singles but you're also getting behind a full record but it's like we're at that point now where we're sort of gearing up for that plan do you know what i mean and it's just going to take a time because we had to put a sales team together we had to put a you know the whole sort of marketing end of it which honestly i fucking hate it's just the worst part of it but it's yeah. part of it you got to do it so you know i'm excited because or like with the i know you said you released a new single every month how about next year you maybe release an ep so you release a song every two months nice yeah i'm open to that i i, I think as long as you're putting stuff out that's new i think you're relevant right like as long as you're you're keeping people satiated and you're also like i said being part of that conversation in the world that's you know that's important so i like that ep every song every two months like you know whatever like whatever we can put together and cobble together but i do like that do you like eps over records or do you like you still want to hear a record honestly i love a full record uh but i also do like to be teased a little bit here and there when <laughs> like oh you know rev theory hasn't done any like they released an album last last month and then right. they put it in four months they're going to release an EP. So that's great. 
Yeah. Well, you know, the funny part of it is we fucking released Remember Me a year ago. Oh, snap. Yeah, that, that's my point. My point is, is that like, my point is, is that if you put something out and no one's listening, some people will listen, right? But then a year goes by and you promote that song, just like you kind of ho hope that someone's like, and then we get a bigger team with more reach. And then now all of a sudden people are like, yo, they got a new song out. Yeah. But the truth is that song is seven years old and it's a year old released now. So it's like, you wonder what you're being fed and how you're being fed it. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like if I could literally just get you a new song after I wrote it, like, wouldn't that be so much better than me having to go through all of these hoops? But right now, the way Spotify's got it and the way Facebook is, is that they're not opening up those lines of communication to the fans. Like, Spotify could easily be MySpace. Do you know what I mean? Like Spotify yeah. should be my face and they should open up the social part of it so that we all can connect with each other in a way that's like that the bands could then unionize their communities. So right now they're not doing that. And same thing with Facebook. We got a quarter of a million people that liked Rev Theory. But unless I spend two or three thousand dollars, I can't I can't let you know that I farted this morning. Like, I can't let you know that I put a post up, but we have a new song. Like, we just can't get the word out, right? Because it all costs money. It's all an advertising model. And Spotify doesn't do it. And they don't open up the social part of it because they don't want people to unionize. They don't want the yeah. bands to leverage their fans against them. And it's like, so that's the part that's super frustrating. But it's also somewhat of a, like, challenge accepted. Like, we're going to try to change things. And, you know, I have a bunch of plans on the business end about how to, how to figure that out and how to be pioneering and accepting of those challenges and work within that, but also, you know, execute some new ideas so that we can be ahead of it. I'm going to make sure to share everything that you guys post, Rev Theory. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah, I, I see it a lot. And I know friends... And I have friends that spend, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars with the Facebook promoting stuff. And yeah. they just don't get that reach if they don't. That's right. That's right. And, you know, listen, it's got to be good. Like what you're doing has to be good. You know what I mean? You have to focus on the quality, not the quantity. I do believe in that. Um, but there is like this structural deficiency in our systems that are being exploited on whether it's politics, like whatever it is, we got a device in our hand and I can get a fucking 20, you know, beeps a day from Fox news, CNN, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if, if it, if it was like, you know, boom, blink, you know, rev theory just released like, and the thing is, is that we don't have, the integration quite yet we're sort of at that early stage of integrating into all of these platforms and all this technology so once we get it running like a fine-tuned machine it's going to be a lot easier to get the word out still you're going to need money but but i do feel like you know what i mean the opportunity that to actually organize who listens to us around the world is there and and we see it with all of like the spotify's and the amazons it's like you got 500 plays from japan this week it's fucking awesome. I want to go to Japan. Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, there's places all over the world that are listening to us that that we now finally have the ability to to check in on, and that part of it's super exciting to me. 
that, that's gonna be awesome man and hopefully 2021 is a better year for uh you know being able to tour and all that stuff because i definitely want to see ref theory and you know everybody else that i plan on seeing this year but because of what happened it just sucks and i and i also love uh uh damn what are those songs called uh profits and oh, sick. Pro- profit oh, nice uh I-, I love it because i love those two songs because yes they're different from what i'm used to listening to from you guys but also i kind of feel like we're all on drugs you know <laughs> like like we're not going to be able to get through this pandemic if we're not on drugs <laughs> yeah you're right like you're right. you guys called it and when i heard it, i'm like wow I need to talk to this guy about that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all Maddie. That's his lyrics. He, he wrote that. He's right. Maddie's Maddie's a prophet, man. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of wisdom, and I think you're gonna hear a lot more of that when we write some new music too. So, and uh, can can uh, us fans, you know, possibly maybe get a great road story from you? A great road story. Oh my God, bro. Well, you know, they're, they're pretty hazy. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, some of them are kind of X rated, R rated. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so funny. Those stories are like, that's like, that's the stuff that I'm ashamed of almost, oh, really? you know, a little bit, like a little bit, like I love like, 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 do you, what do you love about concerts? Like, what is it that you love about the live show? Honestly, that anything could happen. Mm. And uh, I, I have this concert t-shirt that says, who shit in my pants? And, <laughs> yeah. and girls love that shirt and have shown me things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know what it's all about then. Yeah. I guess I answered, no, I guess I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put it back in your court. I mean, look what did I love? I loved seeing some of the bands we got to see and play with and share the stage with that. That was awesome. Like being out with a bench sevenfold was like going to school, right? It was like going to university and watching like just something great. Molly crew. They weren't the Molly crew that they were probably, but they were pretty on point and uh, it was pretty cool. Evanescence was phenomenal. Oh, nice. And, um, we toured for two months with them. They took us all over the world. And that was just like a huge break for us. And, uh, you know, we did everywhere from Germany to England to Spain and Italy. And it was, it was wicked. That was a wicked experience. And yeah, man, I'll never forget that one. And I'll never forget the, uh, a seven X. Yeah. A lot of good shows, man. So many good ones. And, uh, is there any advice that you would give to any of the younger bands that are out there trying to, you know, maybe become the next Ref Theory or, uh, you know, just trying to make it? Yeah. I mean, I could make a joke and say, just don't do it because it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but I know people are out there and they're trying to make it happen. I mean, what I do see and how I feel kind of about, where we're at in the state of music. I mean, my true feeling is, is that music as a stock is down, right? Like it's, it's like, it's not as thought about, right? Like we take it for granted. Like now we pay 9.99 and we get everything we want. 
Like yeah. there's not, there's not a huge allegiance the way like, you know, the reason I like rock and metal is because there's still a hardcore allegiance to the genres, but you do see like music and making music being easier and easier to do for anyone. So what I would say is to try to branch out into creating your own form of expression. And I would say expression is a mixture of visual art. It's a mixture of writing and it's a mixture of making sound, but it can also include, you know, filmmaking and it can include, um, you know, just creating content that you feel best represents how you are in that moment. And I think we have the tools to do all of that right now, which we never had before. So I think my advice would be is to expand your vision as far as what you think music is, because if you continue to look at it as four guys getting into a room and making sound and banging away at something, I think that, you know, the lottery ticket for that has gotten harder and harder to achieve. So you have to bring something far more dynamic to the table if you're going to be an artist and try to make a go at it. That's so true, man. Yeah, because everybody's just streaming now and nobody's buying CDs. I still own a CD somewhere. Oh. <laughs> nice. It's good to hear. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> uh, nice. And uh, we're, we're almost done here, by the way. Uh, That's okay, brother. Take your time, man. Whatever you need. And uh, is there anything um, that you would like to tell your fans? Yeah, I mean, I'd say thank you for, you know, sort of standing, standing by. And I think, you know, also, um, you know, be open to expanding and growing with us and evolving. I think, I think it's like there's this, um, it's almost like a really like if this was a movie, this would be the the documentary of this time would be like this was a critical time where people chose a side. They chose a side to hold on to what they knew or they decided to take a leap forward into the unknown. And I think that we're willing to take that step and we hope that the fans can also do that with us and let go of some of their, you know, preconceived notions of what it is to be human i think we can all move forward that way if we decide to approach it like that that's awesome and then so true and uh this one is more of a fun question but if you were stuck in an elevator with any musician dead or alive who would it be and what would you talk about any musician dead or alive and what would we talk about damn that's so sick <laughs> shit there's so many man there's so many um i'd like to talk about like i'd like to talk to henry rollins i think he's pretty fucking cool i think he's just a cool guy he loves music i think he could like enlighten me on punk rock i think that would be really cool just hearing him talk about his passion for music and um i'd love to spend some time with um with jim morrison like when he wasn't fucked up or maybe when he was fucked up, I don't know, one or the other. I, I can't, who knows what the best version you're going to get from him, but 
he's definitely like a very special energy that you know would have been very interesting to have been able to converse with you know and then um I don't know. I know you asked me one, but I got to do a top three, I think, because it's oh, just no, too many. Man. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I think, I, for some reason, I feel like John Lennon would be a cool hang. Oh, man. He would just be so real. Like, that guy, there's no bullshit with that guy. I know him and Dylan, it just feels like you're just getting, like, real dudes that are, you know, that are, like, just basically in it you know they're in it and they're like willing to be as honest as possible so um yeah i think those that would be pretty cool that's still that that was probably the best top three i've ever gotten <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome buddy and uh where, where can we find you guys uh you just go to all the socials rev theory official now the website rev theory official um spotify rev theory Facebook Rev Theory, Instagram Rev Theory Official, and then you can check out Maddie and Mines. We have our own stuff, and you can check out just Julian Jorgensen and Maddie McCloskey, and we have our own pages and we do our own art and stuff too. So you can check all that out. Thank you everybody for listening to my interview with Julian Jorgensen, and remember to stream all those singles that they have out. Remember me profits and damn i always forget one yeah there's one and then there was drop the hammer we're gonna we're gonna re-release oh. that one pretty soon so we oh, can, nice. we'll probably you know what we can jump back on for that when we release that one i think two months we're gonna do that one so all right we will we'll definitely see you in two months then that's gonna be great hell yeah let's make it a regular thing brother yeah man and thank you so much man it's an honor to interview you you know i've been listening to you for forever <laughs> and nice. uh Thank you, everybody. Thanks again. Remember to support the sponsor and check out Ref Theory. Uh, and remember, everybody, that without music, life would be a mistake. <laughs>